Do you have a desire to help others? Are you unsure of how to do that in a godly way? Well, join the Care Pastors as we take a trip over the next five weeks dealing with figuring out the difference between codependency and compassion. This series is entitled, What's Your Motivation? Compassion or Codependence? Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Brookwood Care Ministries podcast. My name is Doug Wildman, and I am the counseling and marriage pastor here at Brookwood. I am joined by two other fine gentlemen. The first one is Gene Beckner. Say hello, Gene. Say hello, Gene. (laughs) (laughs) He is our fearless leader. And then over to my right here, we have Josh. So, Josh, do you want to say hello? He doesn't have a last name. He's just Josh. (laughs) Just Josh. Just Josh. Josh. Much like Cher or... And anyone uh, <laughs> else who has one name. Yanni. You're like Yanni. Yes, I'm remember? the associate care pastor. Remember Yanni? Hello, everyone. Did you ever listen to Yanni? No, I didn't listen to Yanni. Uh, he, he was a one-namer. <laughs> <laughs> when we think of people with one name, you immediately went to Yanni? Yeah. Okay. His music was really good. Live at the Acropolis. Wow. You should listen to that. It's we are good. not off to a good start here, are we? Okay. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> this is the things you don't care about yes, podcasts. Yes. yes. Okay. So, well, we are continuing a series called What's Your Motivation? Compassion or Codependency. Um, we, we are looking at the hidden motivations that each of us have that are beneath the surface that can appear very spiritual, mm-hmm. um, but in fact are, are actually coming from our history. Um, and so last week, Gene talked about uh, the need to succeed and perfectionism, um, those two things being an underlying motivation that can color the way that we um, sit with people. Uh, Josh, uh, he talked about the need to be seen as special. Um, and the romantic. I, yes. The yeah, romantic. he doesn't like that phrase. The, uh, <clears throat> that makes him feel better. We'll, we'll call yeah. him the romantic. Yeah. So, um, uh, and I, I talked a little bit about the... Uh, the need to keep the peace. Mm. So if you didn't hear that first episode, we encourage you to uh, to stop and pause this uh, this episode and go back and listen uh, to the one from last week because I believe that they they kind of come in succession. So but make sure you have forty two minutes because it's, yes. the, yeah, it's, a very, it's the longest episode we yeah. we had recorded. Ever. Yes, yeah, the good news is you no longer have to rewind <laughs> tapes, so that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, so um, we're going to be looking at a few more um, underlying motivations that people oftentimes have that, um, that can kind of guide the way that we um, work with people and, mm-hmm. and, um, and care for people. And with uh, codependency, it's, we talked about tethering last week, which mm-hmm. was really about looking at ourselves as being the source instead of pointing people to Christ, yep. which is a problem, and uh, hopefully this will be as illuminating for you guys as it has been for us. So what uh, what we're going to be looking at first is the desire to avoid pain, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of an inward focus uh, motivation. Um, it's known um, that, left to our own devices, the natural tendency for us is to avoid pain and to move toward pleasure. Nobody likes pain or discomfort. I mean, let's just say that right from the beginning. But there there are some people that have experienced such a significant amount of pain that it becomes like this primary motivating factor in their life. 
and they may not even be fully aware that they are being motivated mm. by that. So uh, here's the tricky part is that we can, we can dress this up to look very spiritual, but at the heart, it's still being motivated by this, this need to avoid pain. Um, last week, we talked about another hidden motivation, which is called peacekeeping, and it's similar to this one. Um, peacekeeping, though, is not as much about the self as it is about um, trying to keep peace between individuals. Right. This is kind of more about a personal peace, like I'm feeling uneasy, so I need to do something to make myself feel less uneasy. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of, that's why we call it an inward-focused mm-hmm. uh, motivation. Because it's about making sure I'm not uncomfortable, whereas the peacekeeping is I want to make sure no one is uncomfortable. That, is that that's right? correct. Well, that's yep. Yep. That's exactly. a good distinction. Yeah. And so um, interesting, um, James uh, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, let me read this. It says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Hmm. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a, a chance to grow. So let it grow. Yeah. For when your endurance has, has fully developed, then you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. So talk about a contrast yeah. to that, that hidden motivation. Most people don't like to feel uncomfortable. None of us, like actually I will say it that way, none of us like to feel uncomfortable. But there, like I said before, there there are some people for whom that is just such a strong motivation that they will stop at nothing to make themselves not feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I think uh, our <clears throat> our relationship with pain, you know, um, there's so many factors that influence that, you know, because if you grew up in chaos and pain was all around, then this whole idea of you know no pain no gain you're not gonna you're not gonna be digging that you're gonna be like no I, I need to get away from it you know yep. and it mm-hmm. sets up sometimes it sets up unrealistic expectations in relationship mm-hmm. with people and with God <clears throat> so like what you're saying even with the peace part from last week and then the avoiding pain this go around is looking at you know what is causing that to be how you respond yes. You know, yeah. and and that's kind of what we're trying to do. I mean, we're gonna try to flesh it out as best we can. But um, yeah, even as you're listening right now, maybe just be like, you know, where did that start? If that's resonating yes. with you, where did it start? When when do you remember that being kind of how you adopted your uh, how you were gonna deal with pain? That might be helpful to you. Mm-hmm. And usually, I think it's fair to say the earlier that those things mm-hmm. happen, the more the more entrenched they are. Yep. Um, also, the more um, pain that we have had in this particular area, also the more entrenched it is. I think that if it were possible for us to shelter ourselves from all suffering, if that was even possible to do, mm. um, what would end up happening is that we would remain spiritually stunted mm. and, so, um, and, and unable to endure difficulty. So actually this hidden motivation of wanting to avoid pain in the end actually causes us to be in a worse position Mm -hmm. than we would be if we were not avoiding pain. So hopefully if you're listening to this and it's kind of twigging something within you, Mm -hmm. that you'll see it as an opportunity, as our our verse just said. Look at it as an opportunity uh, to grow. Um, The next one that I'd like to focus in on is this desire to be against the desire to be against. This I don't is, think you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, the desire to be against is more of an outward focus. Um, and these are the mavericks um, of, of the world. They're, um, if they had a theme song, their theme song would be, I did it my way mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the people who can be trailblazers. They can be very tenacious. And um, people can have a tendency to look at these, these folks as being admirable in many mm-hmm. ways because they, they have a courage that's kind of rare. But they tend not to be team players mm. very well because um, it's kind of a my way or the highway mentality. What I have found is that people who, who have this kind of mentality, they, they too have been harmed along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've learned through their experiences that at least if I'm in control, I know what to expect. And so sometimes these, these people will reject good plans that are developed by other people simply because they were developed by other people. Mm-hmm. And, and throwing the baby out with the bathwater because mm-hmm. at least if I know how things are going to go, it makes me feel at ease. Right, because you're in control. Because you are in control. Right. So the, the need to be against, right, someone who's always contrary is sort of the quintessential codependent. That's the classic codependent. Right, because it's I have to control everything in my life, I have to control everything mm. in your life. Mm-hmm. So I know and you don't. My plan is correct for your life, your plan is not correct for your life. Mm-hmm. I'm against any idea that didn't come from me. Yes. Right. So this is sort of the, although there's codependency in all of these character traits that we're talking about, these secret desires, I think that this is the one that is the classic that people think of when we say codependency. Mm-hmm. This one can kind of come across as being a little bit abrasive. At right, times. lack of compassion. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And again, I think as we are taking a look at all of these, um, you know, realizing that, you know, all of these have a pathology, all of these have a starting point, all of these have a pattern. Mm-hmm. And so even as, you know, Doug, when you were describing the, um, you know, to be against, you know, if you're listening like, does that resonate with you? Does that resonate with you about someone in your life? You know, to be able to to start to get uh, some understanding of maybe how some of the patterns in your life are going. And, you know, we will talk about the fruit of the Spirit and how it's different than these um, descriptions of, of codependency. But Doug, you know, he, he said something that was very helpful but also very challenging, which is, these these could all look very spiritual, yeah. On the surface, you know, like the person to be against could look spiritually if they're standing up for something that agrees with scripture. It looks like, oh well, they're really spiritually mature, when in reality, they're trying to protect themselves. They're mm-hmm. they're trying to meet a need inside, which this is all of these descriptors, these character traits. They're trying to do it in a way that's not Christ, and so this becomes their way. Yep. And what's interesting, I think, if you when you get to when you get to the end of this podcast and you take this podcast and the one before and put those all together and see how people interact, you can see where a lot of conflict occurs between Absolutely. people because of these motivations, which yes. again makes it we need Christ. You know, we need Him more than ever. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why we always want to be looking like how can we. 
And some of these traits, like they actually can be used. Like mm -hmm. some innate abilities in us can be used for the kingdom. It's just right. a question of what your motivation is, this, right. this podcast series, right? right? So we want to move from a place of being against other people and being for what Christ is doing, yes. right? Instead of us having to control the situation, we see where God is working and then go and join him in that work. Right. Which requires submission, which again, if if there's some woundedness or there's some pattern in your life where those who were in control um, were hurtful to you, yes, then this idea that I'm supposed to submit to God's plan is the furthest thing. I don't want to do that because yeah. there's a fear. But see, most most people don't get underneath the being against. They never get to the place where it's like, well, what's keeping you from that? And if they could be honest and say, you know, I'm fearful. I'm fearful that he's not going to, you know, do what I want or he's going to do something that's going to hurt me. Exactly. If we yep. can get to that place, then I think we can uh, get some traction um, and the pathway of how God makes the crooked path straight, not how man makes it. We just make it more crooked hmm. when we have ownership. Now, Josh, you were going to be talking to us today a little bit about another uh, hidden motivation, which is um, the desire to understand. Yes, and this is almost the opposite of a lot of these because the person who is driven by knowledge, and that's what this is really about, is being driven by knowledge, mm -hmm tends to withdraw from other people. Mm. So they tend to not have compassion and they don't even really pretend to care for people sometimes <laughs> because, it, because knowledge becomes a safety mechanism. Mm -hmm. It becomes your armor. I've read one place where it says knowledge becomes your armor oh, so that no one can harm you. If you have enough information and you have enough knowledge, no one can harm you mm. and no one can prove that you're wrong. You can always be right, and you mm. can always be safe hmm. because no one can argue you into an unsafe place. But people who have this, and, and I love learning things. I, we all talk about, no, I'm going to have to use the dreaded word. We argue about how to pronounce this. But <laughs> we talk about documentaries or documentaries <laughs> um, all the time. All three of us like to right. learn things. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between liking to learn things and knowledge becoming almost like an idol. Yes. Where I worship and get my safety and my security from knowing more than other people mm -hmm. so that I'm protected. Yes. And that leads to isolation. And it will also sometimes almost lead to a type of greed in your life where you are almost hoarding knowledge that you don't want other people to have, mm. or you want to make sure that you have more. And that will sometimes bleed out into material things as well. Mm -hmm. So people who have this desire for knowledge or find safety in knowledge and understanding things need to be cautious to not become greedy. They need to practice being generous, mm. both with their knowledge and with their stuff. Because the greatest fear that someone with this character trait has is being helpless, mm -hmm. right? So they want to store up anything that would prevent them from being helpless or being incapable of taking care of themselves. So they isolate themselves from other people and they also isolate themselves from God. They mm -hmm. think that they can find their own 
answers, literally. They literally think that they can find their own answers through research. Now, on the flip side, I I think I have seen this, and you guys feel free to push back. I think I have seen this need to understand in um in in relationship where people are constantly asking questions of others to try to get a feel for them and an understanding of them but they they don't give any of themselves mm-hmm. and so what mm-hmm. happens is is they seem like they're really caring because they ask a lot of questions and they want to quote unquote understand me but in reality they they have the upper hand on the other person in the relationship yes and I've, I've heard people say to me, you know, well, I was, you know, like I was a young couple and she's like, I feel like he knows everything about me, but I don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out he did have a double life. You know, he was doing something else and didn't want her to know. And so, you know, that's another thing as we're talking about all of these is to, you know, just be aware of is there um, a mutual sharing, mm-hmm. you know? And like even the the person who who has this desire to understand uh, intellectually, like what you were saying, Josh, is do, do they uh, is it reciprocal with somebody? Like, are they going to hear from somebody else and what they know, or is it just going to be well, it's what I know, right? And, and so that elevates me and it protects me, like you said. Yes, both emotionally and intellectually, mm-hmm. where I will I will take but I am not giving out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, again, you're collecting, right? You're collecting information yeah. about the people yeah. and you're keeping that information for your own use. Because, and you said this person that you were talking about had a double life. People who search for knowledge as sort of an idol, mm-hmm. it, they often compartmentalize their life and they can compartmentalize things to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Now, because I don't want to completely beat up on this person, this imaginary person, but <laughs> when someone with this trait and this character um, desire starts to become healthy, that knowledge, when you start perceiving or understanding the divine, mm-hmm. becomes wisdom. Mm-hmm. And you stop, yeah, good. you stop hoarding it, yeah. and it becomes wisdom that you share with other people. Mm-hmm. So it can be very beneficial when someone has the trait of wanting to understand, but it's again, it's about the motivation. Right. If right. you have the right motivation for gaining knowledge, right. and you are open emotionally to what it means to you as well as everyone else, then all of that knowledge becomes wisdom that can be used in the kingdom of God yep. to draw people closer to God. Now, Gene, you... Um... You were going to be talking to us today a little bit about the need to be needed. Yeah, and then I'm going to add on this this need for security because I think they kind of go hand in hand, even though I think the need for security could probably be applied to just about any of these um, character traits. But it's exactly what it is. It's the need to be needed. Um, on the surface, it looks really good because this person is constantly helping. They're always there. And, you know, it's a literally, what do you need? What do you need? I'll help. I'll do. And so sometimes we're like, oh, okay, this person's really great. You know, they're, they're, they're a helper and they're, you know, everywhere. But then what happens is when, you, when they aren't needed or they perceive mm-hmm. that they're not needed, then you see them withdraw. You see them get hurt. You see them attack. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, a lot of people are left with wounds because they're like, I didn't know that this person was really that un- unhealthy, you right. know, that it was really a, a codependent mechanism of, um, you know, they're more doers instead of beers. And what I mean by that is just, just to be like Jesus tells us, the be attitudes. They're not the do attitudes. They're the be attitudes. Be these things. And and one of the things to look at even in yourself if you're listening to this is, you know, do you get your worth or your value from being needed? Um, you know, especially those in the caring world, we have to be careful as caregivers um, that we don't need to be needed because then our ability to really help somebody goes down because in reality, I need you to need me. So I need you to keep coming to me for help. I need you to stay with me. You know, I need you really, I need to be God in your life. I need to be your source. Or your source. Yeah. Not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah. I mean, and that's really kind of what happens because I'm getting my worth from the fact that you need me mm-hmm. and then I can meet that need, you know? And what's interesting is you see that in a lot of movies where people become obsessed with other people. It, it usually starts off as, oh, this person's helping me. They got me coffee and they helped me with this and da, da, da. And then it just becomes intrusive. And then when the person puts up a boundary, that's usually when the person flips out mm-hmm. because now what's happened is you've disrupted um, their, the, uh, the flow that they had going because of the being able to be there for you all the time. And so, you know, one thing that you can check on yourself if you're listening to this is, you know, are you okay if God gets the credit? Mm. Are you okay if somebody else gets the credit? You know, do you need, are you the one that needs to be recognized because something happened in this person's life? Mm. And that can be a, a harsh truth, a harsh reality that some people come to because um, if this has been a pattern all your life, then, and I've heard people say this, they'll say, no, I don't, I don't need to be needed. I'm just trying to love this person. Mm. I'm trying to help this person. Right. And when you're on the receiving end, you, you feel it, but then there's also start paying attention to the, to the finer details. Yeah. And I think you'll be able to start seeing it in yourself or in those that are around you. I think another way to test yourself in this need to be needed is to imagine, try to honestly imagine, what does it feel like when you imagine the person you're helping being all better? Like, right. how do you feel hmm. on the week that they call you and go, I'm doing great, actually. I don't think I need to talk this week. Right. Because if that tweaks you a little bit, like, that should be the goal, right? That, right. The goal for caring for people and having compassion for people should should be for them to have restoration. Right. So we should look forward to the day when they don't need our help anymore. Yes. And if that idea tweaks you a little bit, this may be a character trait that, that you need to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we've talked about this many times about um, asking God to reveal um, the motivations of the heart. Yep. And that can be our own heart too. Sure. You know, um, in fact, I think that's the point of of our talks mm-hmm. here uh, on codependency is, Lord, what is it that you're trying to say to me about mm-hmm. what's driving what I do? Yep. If you're doing this because you are getting something out of it, it becomes more of a transaction mm. or, you know what I mean? It's almost like mm-hmm. you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing. And uh, instead of it really truly being from 
as a as a way of you know worshiping God basically mm-hmm. you know uh, using your gifts um, for the for the sake of the kingdom. And I think too, you see, I've seen this happen with couples who get married, and one of them needs to be needed, and they go through a certain period of time, and then the other person, like Josh said, starts to get healthier. And then the person who needs to be needed gets offended. And then they go on the attack because the dynamics of the relationship have changed. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the person doesn't need you to do all those things for them. I see it a lot of times with parents and, and their children. Mm-hmm. The, the parents need to be needed, so they do everything for their kids. And then there's a time where the kids are like, I don't, I don't need you to do that for me anymore. I need, I need some space. I need to be on my own. And, and that's when they come for help going, I don't know what to do. My kid's pulling away from me. He or she is, doesn't want anything to do with me. And a lot of times when I process that with them, this is the one that comes up, hmm. is this need to be needed. And so yeah. what's happened is, and this happens a lot with moms who's, uh, they're not getting um, what they need from their husbands. Especially emotionally. And so what they've done is they've transferred it to their kids. Yes. And because their kids need them, they love it. Mm-hmm. And then when the kid says, eh, I don't, then they're left with this emptiness, not just because the the child has pulled away, but now they have to face the reality of where they are in the marriage. Right. <clears throat> and that's a difficult, I mean, that's a long process to go through sometimes. Um, but it's worth it. But otherwise you are um, stunning the child's growth because now the child can't do for themselves because they've never learned how to do it. I think as we become healthy in this trait, then we start moving out of the codependent, my need to be needed, into the true compassion of seeing that the person that we're helping needs Christ. That's great. I see your need for Christ, not... I need to be needed. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think the, the last one, this, this need for security, I think is a good way to kind of wrap up both of these podcasts in that, um, you know, many people grew up in situations where there was lack. Either there was, there was a emotional lack, there was spiritual lack, uh, financial lack, you know, physical, healthy physical touch lack. It just, it just didn't exist. And so mm-hmm. what we're looking for is we're looking for security. Now, that need is not a bad need. It's not like, even though it's a, we're listing it as a codependent, I'll validate all day long the need to feel secure, the need to be secure. Mm-hmm. But again, this is like a broken record, that needs to come through Christ. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't, or we haven't learned how to do that, then we're going to be looking for security in others, in relationships, we're going to be looking for it in others. We're going to be looking for it in relationships. We're going to be looking for it in our job. And, and what we're going to do is, is uh, you know, the, the eight previous um, uh, characteristics or traits that we've listed, you begin to find the one that you think are the ones that work best for you. And, and here's the hard part about codependency is, is it served you. And it may have served you well. You may have been um, using it for a long time, and it and it worked, and now it's not. And so then there's this feeling of like, why is my life in turmoil? Why is everything turned upside down? Um, you know, everything was going good, and now it's not. Well, again, like what Doug said, is we're asking God to say, hey, what's the what's the motive? 
What's the motivation of my heart in this? And if you can admit, hey, I'm putting my need for security on getting a raise, or I'm putting my need for security on the fact that you're going to love me or you're going to accept me. I'm p- <laughs> I'm so sorry. Apparently, Doug is very popular today. For someone who rejects all forms of technology, keep that. Keep this in there, Josh. No, this no, you is have great. to understand. I I had to have it for setting the alarm so I could come here. Uh, anyway, I love it. Oh boy, that's great. Keep it in there, Josh. Don't 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 cut oh, that out. Man, that's good. Um, you you know coming to that term to. It's coming to that honesty of saying, God, you're not first. Mm. That in reality, I am putting expectations on others and other situations that shouldn't, it shouldn't be there. And because of that, you know, John 10.10 says to live life, Jesus came to give us life and for us to live it to the fullest. We're not living it to the fullest. Right. And so really the question becomes, now that you're aware, what will you do? Will you continue in that? And say, I'll take the scraps instead of coming to the to the table and eating a banquet, eating a meal, yeah. where Christ is the one who is who is providing. Because in order to do that, you're you have to open your hands. You have to let go of those things that once served you so well. Yes. So the desire for security <laughs> is not wrong. Right. It's a question of where you get your security. Exactly. Yes. And yeah. I love an image of the. This isn't in my notes, but I'm just reminded as we're talking. A, a great illustration of that is the peanuts, and you have Linus who has a security blanket, yes. and he sort of freaks out if anyone tries to take his blanket. Yep. Like that's his source of security all right. the time. But a little unknown thing that was put into the Charlie Brown Christmas special that a lot of people don't notice. Mm is that when Linus tells the Christmas story, he walks out with his blanket, and in every cartoon he always has his blanket, and he begins to tell the story. And when he gets to the part where he says, and the angel said, fear not, for on this day a Savior is born, he drops the blanket. Uh So there's a little subliminal message in there that he is switching his security to Christ in that moment. I'm just impressed that you did something that wasn't in your notes. I'm pretty proud of you. Oh, thank you. That was good. Because yeah. <laughs> what that sparked in me was the the movie Mr. Mom, where Michael Keaton is a stay-at-home dad, and little Kenny, it's time to give up his whoopee, which is his little blanket. Yes. And he eventually does, but he has a really hard time, but he ends up throwing it in the fire. Wow. So. And I, I've got nothing. Okay, I'm sorry. awesome. I, I don't have any. Well, you've given us plenty with all your uh, little bells and whistles over there. So. Yeah, well, I, I, I do my part. You know. Right. Well, will you uh, take us home there, Mr. Doug? I would be happy to. Awesome. Thank you. Lord, thank you that you desire for us to be free from the things that have kept us bound up for so many years, um, things of our past that maybe have prevented us from fully entering into all that we can have with you. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one that pursue us. And so, Lord, help us, as James says, to see it as an opportunity um, to grow. Uh, Lord, if there's uh, if there's anyone listening to this podcast today that maybe is, is feeling a tug on their heart in, in one of these areas, I pray, God, that you would meet them right where they are and that you would begin to help them in the process of truly being free. And we pray this in Jesus' name.
Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless. You, and I think another... You, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, y'all got to do rock, scissors, rock, paper. Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, <laughs> Which is great on radio or yes, podcast. No yes, one can see it. because no one can see it. Um, <laughs> now you forgot what you are going to say. <laughs> all right, yeah, skip all that, Josh.